Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. Romans chapter 5, verse 1, and it reads, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God and not only that but we also glory in tribulation knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope now hope does not disappoint because the love of god has been poured out in our hearts by the holy spirit who was given to us for when we were still without strength in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Today I just want to talk to you for a few minutes from the thought, the benefits of peace. The benefits of peace. Uh, there, there are many forms of the word peace. There's the P-I-E-C-E, but today we're talking about the P-E-A-C-E, and that is the peace of God. We live in a world that folk everywhere is looking for peace. Folk are looking for financial peace. They're looking for political peace. They're looking for military peace. They're looking for governmental peace. They're looking for intertribal peace. There is a desire for peace everywhere, but unfortunately many are looking in the wrong place. There is a peace that surpasses all understanding, and that peace comes from God. When you got the kind of peace that God gives, then all the other pieces fall in place. Are y'all following me today? But unfortunately, we're trying to find peace in the world without the peace of God. We're trying to do it through diplomatic means. We're trying to do it through schemes and dreams. We're trying to come up with all manners of ways to bring about peace. But there's really no peace without the peace of God. I don't know about you, but after I've gotten financial peace, even if I say I have a million dollars or 20 million dollars in the bank and I know that that money will last through the end of my lifetime, that's good, but what happens after death? See, financial peace and the peace of the world does not deal with the eternity. Where do you go and where do you find peace for the everlasting? That peace can only come through Jesus Christ. It is a peace that 
surpasses all the abilities of our minds to grasp because our minds are finite and this peace comes from an infinite God. Amen. And so we find in our text today that God gives us this peace when we receive it by faith. Look at the text. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The first thing we see in this text is the word justified. When you understand what the word justified means, you realize that God has taken care of some problems, amen, in your past that you can't go back and fix. Because justification is just as if you've never seen it. The idea of justification, God goes to your history and he wipes that away. He no longer looks at what you have done in the past to make to, to set your standard by which you are today. Justification takes care of the sins of the past because now it is just as if you have never seen. But that comes out of the peace of God because in the peace of God, we have peace with God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There are a lot of people looking for peace through many ways. Some say there are many ways to peace, but the Bible says there's only one way. That only one way, and that is through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Amen. So we look at the text, and we're justified by faith. We believe in that which we cannot see. We did not see all of what God has done for us, amen, but we trust him and we believe in him after we heard the word of truth. About Jesus dying for the sins of the world and being buried and was raised on the third day morning. It is that good news that he died for our sins and that his blood washed us white as snow. It is that truth that he was buried and with him our sins were buried and was cast into the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west. Amen. It is that news, it is that truth that we believe. And it is that truth that we stand on that he was resurrected on the third day morning into new life. That when we die, that we shall be resurrected as well to a new life. A new life that no longer has the limitations of this life. No longer has the disappointments and the pain. That those former things will pass away. Amen. And all things will become new. Amen. It is in this that we find the reason for living. You have not learned to live until you're ready to die. We got to know that you know that you know that your business is fixed. That when you die and that is your time to be resurrected, that you will be in the camp of Jesus Christ. That he will welcome you in as a good soldier. He will welcome you in as a brother or sister into the kingdom of God. 
But it is doing this time by faith we believe these things that then turn into everlasting life. Are y'all following me today? Looking at the text, it says the Lord Jesus Christ. Some people want the Lord to be their Savior, but not be their Lord. They want Jesus, but they don't want the Lord. But in order to be what God has called us to be, we've got to have Jesus not only as our Savior, getting us up out of hell into heaven, but he's also got to be our Lord. In the everyday, in the muck and mire, in the grind of every day, in the decisions of everyday life, God has got to be your Lord and Master that you must be led by Him and not under your own auspices. God cannot just be your Savior, He must also be your Lord. We look at the text and we start to see these benefits, amen, of the peace of God. In the peace of God, verse 2 says, through whom also we have access, once again, by faith. What do we have access to? Well, look at the text. It says, into this grace which we stand. On many occasions in Bible study and Sunday school and even from the pulpit, I'm constantly using the acrostic that grace is God's resources at Christ's expense. But you have to think about that a little bit and realize that it is God's resources. And when you think about it, that God does not have a limited amount of resources. His resources are unlimited. So whatever you need, whenever you need it, God's got it. And you got to know that if you are a child of God, you do not live in lack. You live in abundance. The world wants to trick you into believing that you don't have enough, but you got everything you need and more when you are a child of God. Because God's not short on anything. If it's peace you need, he's got it. If it's money you need, he's got it. If it's shelter you need, he's got it. If it's comfort you need, he's got it. If it's health you need, he's got it. If it's anything that you need, God's got it. And we must live like children of abundance instead of children like that. Well, I just don't know if I... You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen? So looking at the text, you now have access to this by faith. Because you have trusted and believed in God Almighty, God then gives you his resources. And by those resources, we stand. We don't stand based on a political party. We don't stand based on a human ideology. We stand upon the truth of the word of God. We stand upon the grace that God has given us. Amen. Before we were ever born, amen, God had us on his mind. We stand in that reason that if God was already thinking about us before we were ever born, don't you think that God knows whatever problem that you're going to go through, which ones you're in and which one has passed, God already knew what the answer was? But God is like any good parent. He waits for us to call on him. Sometimes we struggle too long and too hard and things because we won't call upon the name of the Lord. 
But the Lord said, I'm ready and willing, amen, if you just call upon my name. It is in the word of God in another place where he says, they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? So look at the text. It said, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. I've said on multiple occasions before, the happiest people on earth ought to be Christians. Christians are not be the ones sitting with a sad sack face. Amen. Never smiling and all upset. When we've got the best thing going, which is Jesus Christ, that we know without a shadow of doubt that he's going to see us through. That we know without a shadow of doubt that our business is fixed, not just for time, but also eternity. We ought to be those who are the happiest of all because we've got what the world does not have. Amen. And the world can't take away. They cannot take away that which God has given us. So we ought to exercise our joy. That's all rejoicing is, is exercising your joy. If you got the joy of the Lord down on the inside, then you got to rejoice. It ought to rejoice. You ought to come out with praise and worship. You ought to come out with exuberance that the world sees because you got joy down on the inside that comes from the Lord. That you know that no devil in hell can change your direction. They can't deter you or set you off course. That your course is fixed with the Lord. But then we have to come back to the idea of whether or not we even care. Amen. Sometimes we can get so caught up in the issues of life, we're like that seed that got thrown into the, uh, the area where there was weeds and things that choked it out. We can get choked out by the issues of life and all of the stresses that we go through. But we got to find a time to get by ourselves with the Lord to get rejuvenated. See, the world will continue to take your energy away. It is God that replenishes. So we must endeavor to find a quiet place in the run of our days that we can call upon the Lord and he can speak to us and we can speak to him so that he can renew us and that he can regenerate us, that he can build us back up so that we can go out into the world and war on a daily basis. And see, we see this even with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ at times got away from the disciples, got away from the work so that he himself could be rejuvenated. So how is it that we think we are able to do anything without getting these times of rejuvenation if Jesus had to do them as well? So when we look at the text, we find that in our rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God, we must realize that God one day is going to change us. There's not going to be any more pain and suffering and that we will no longer have to struggle with the issues of sin. There's coming a day that we shall be glorified. The Bible says and we shall be like Jesus. Amen. That we shall be in the image of his darling son. I don't know about you, but when I wake up in the morning with aches and pains, amen, and I come home tired and wore out, I'm looking toward that day, amen, when I won't be tired anymore. That I won't come in with any discouragement or I won't come in with any 
a heartache because of things that I've heard or seen, amen, that he will wipe the former things away. It is that hope that keeps me going and should keep us going as well. Even though it appears like we are being boxed in, knows that God still will see us through. Because God is the only one that can make something out of nothing. Even if there's no way God can make a way. Are y'all following me today? When you look around and you've done your calculations and you see that it seems like there's no way out, there's no way to get it done. Remember that God can. There's nothing too hard for God. And when there is no way, God can make a way. Because he's the only one that can make something out of nothing. Amen? And then when this text, we look and we see, and not only that, Paul says, he says, it doesn't stop there. But that we also glory in tribulation. We also glory in tribulations. So Paul said we ought to glory in our trouble. We ought to glory in our testing. We ought to glory when we're going through. Somebody might say, how can I glory when I'm going through? Well, it's the battle of the mind. Look at the text. It says that we glory in tribulations knowing. See, it's about the battle of the mind because you got to keep your mind right when you're going through. Because you knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. It's like a, a weightlifter who is working out. During the time that he's working out, the muscles are being used and they're becoming sore and, and the fibers are breaking down of the muscle. It's not a pleasant thing to go through, but the lifter has to go through that if they want to come out being able to have stronger muscle. In other words, if they want to be able to come back next time, amen, or the time after that, and instead of doing 20 reps, they can do 40 reps, amen. It's perseverance. But perseverance comes with tribulation. There's a testing time for that weightlifter where there is a time of trouble and of pain which comes from the breaking down of the fibers, but then they're rebuilt stronger than they were before. Saints of God, I want you to know that God is doing the same thing in the believer's life. When we go through trials and tribulations, amen, it's to break down the fibers, amen, of the Christian life, but then we are rebuilt stronger than before. And so when this last issue kind of turned us upside down, now that we've built up some spiritual muscle, now we can go through that issue and go to the next level. See, you always want to be growing in the household of faith. You all always want to be building more spiritual muscle. Am I making sense today? Amen. And so we look at the text. And he says it produces perseverance, but it doesn't stop there in perseverance, character. If you ever want to be the person that God wants you to be, your character has to be changed. The character that we currently have is not the character that gets us all the way to the image of Jesus Christ. We need to learn how to be a little more patient. We need to learn how to be a little more long-suffering. We need to learn how to be a little more gentle. 
We need to learn how to be this and that. We need to learn some new skills, some new abilities, amen, and it comes through perseverance. Every time we persevere and go through problems of life, we are built up and that perseverance turns into better character so that we respond to things better than we used to. That we by nature now are positional in that when the problems come, we know how to relate to those problems better than we once did before. Because we've gone through the trial and we've learned to persevere and our spiritual muscle is stronger, now our character is better. Are y'all following me today? So when we look at the text, it says it doesn't just end now, but it ends in hope. This is not the kind of hope that says, I wish or I wonder. No, this is the kind of hope that says, I know. This is the kind of hope that's like what the definition of faith is over in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. When it says, now faith is the substance of things hopeful and the evidence of things not seen. When you think about that definition in Hebrews chapter 11, and you break it down, you realize that faith is now faith. It's not yesterday's faith, it's not tomorrow's faith, it's faith right now. And it's a faith that has a substance of things hoped for. The substance of things hoped for, that idea is the idea of having something tangible that lets you know that everything is going to be all right. In that way, the substance of things hoped for is like a guaranteed deed to a property. It is the same idea there that this hope now lets us know that because we have gone through tribulation and we have persevered, we know that the Lord is with us. When we know that the Lord is with us, then we know that everything God promised, he will fulfill. If he's done that for us, he'll do the rest for us too. So it brings about a hope that's not a wish or a wonder, but it's a knowing hope. You say, well, if God has done all of these things, then surely he'll do the things that is to come. And that comes through going through trials and tribulations. Even though trials and tribulations aren't easy, they're not fun, they're necessary. I want every saint of God in here to know that when you are going through, it's just part of the process. It's just part of what every believer needs to go through in order to be that which God has called us to be. If we don't have any tribulation, then we can never have any perseverance. If we never have any perseverance, we can never get that great character. If we never get that great character, we'll never have that holy hope. So you gotta go through. Amen. It's just part of the process. But by nature, we don't want to do that. We wish everything would be always smooth sailing. But that's not what it takes for us to be what we need to be. Because through tribulation, we're hewn. We're, we're chopped at. And those things that are not of God are chopped away one at a time until we're in the image of Jesus Christ. We got a lot of stuff all around us and all on us that is not of God that needs to be torn away. And that thing is torn away one at a time through tribulation, amen. Through trouble, through trying, amen. If we persevere and don't give up. That God then shapes us into that image, amen, that character 
the character of God. And knowing that character, the more we see Christ in our character, the more we know, amen, of the future hope that God has promised. So we look at the text. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. This same book in chapter 8 says, if you have not the Holy Spirit, then you are not His. It is the Holy Spirit, God's gift to us, that reminds us that we are His own. It is the Holy Spirit that continues to keep us and to help us to know that God loves us. And He doesn't just love us with any kind of love, but He loves us with a Jeremiah 31 love. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Not a love that only loves you when you're doing right, but it's a love that loves you when you're doing wrong. It's a love that when you're on the mountaintop, that same love is when you're in the valley low. It's a mountain when you've gone left, when you should have gone right. That same love, that same love is the love that continues to love in all of those situations. And that has been shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. See, all of this is working together and God wants you to know that he's with you even until the end of the age. So the encouragement of our lesson today is that we need to press on even when trouble is all around us. When it's to the left and to the right, when it's in front of us, be not deterred, but be of good courage and keep pressing on. Because in your pressing, amen, that God is shaping and molding and making us into the image of his son. And we're not alone. Brother Mark, we got the Holy Ghost within us, amen, that's pushing us along the way. is empowering us and lifting us up and pressing us down the road. We may be knocked down, but we don't stay down. We like we will wobble, but he don't fall down. You can knock him down, but he pops right back up. You can lay down on him, but he pops back up. That's how you and I are with the Holy Ghost, that the enemy may come in like a flood, but God raises up a standard against him. You can run the race that God has set before us because he himself is with us. And he demonstrated this, that look at the text, that when, when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. It wasn't too early and it wasn't too late. But in due time, Christ Jesus died for the ungodly. The text goes on to say that God demonstrated his love toward us that while we were sinners, Christ died for you and for me. And because Jesus Christ died for you and me, that our sins have been washed away and we have been set free. When Jesus died on that old rugged cross and he hung there from the third to the ninth hour, he hung there for our sins and they were put on his shoulders. Sin 
seeds of envy and jealousy, backbiting and gossip, lying and murder, false witness against our neighbor, coveting our neighbor's wife or the husband. It was all on his shoulders. And in that ninth hour, he died with all of that sin on him. The Bible says that the father had to turn from the son and darkness was all over the land. And Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But God could not look upon that sin. But that's not the end of the story. They took him down off that old rugged cross and they put him in a borrow tomb. And my sins and your sins were buried, never to be seen again. And on that third day morning, God the Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit, raised Jesus from the grave to the newness of life. And they beheld him in his glory. He stayed for a 40-day layover. But then he stepped out on a cloud and went back to glory. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and for me. The work has not been finished yet because one of these days he's coming back for his church without spot or blemish. And my question today, will you be ready? And my contention today is that we keep running the race that he set before us. Even though you may want to quit and throw in the towel. Those tribulations are just coming to make you strong. And that when you go through tribulations, you will persevere if you don't give up. And that if you persevere, your character is going to get more like Jesus Christ. So that one day, that knowing hope, you shall be in the winner's circle. No more straining around the curve. That you have finished and gone across the finish line. And I don't know about you, but what a wonderful day that shall be. What a time, what a time. So saints of God, keep pressing forward. Don't give up and don't give in. Trust that the Lord will see you through. And if you can't find a doorway, if you can't find a way out, know that God can make a way out of no way. Because he's the only one that can make something out of nothing. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. God bless you. Amen. At this time, amen, we're going to open the doors of the church. Amen. There may be somebody here today, amen, who needs to get to know the Lord today. If you're here and you need the Savior, amen, his arms are open wide. Trust in the Lord today. Give your heart to him and he will save you because he said he would. You can know that he is and will do what he says he will do because he is the Lord.
get to know him today. Come unto Jesus while you have time. Hey!